This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 13, The Cost of Opportunity. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us here today for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, here in the studio today, I uh, have our lovely co-hosts here with us. Uh, we have Katrina Willis. Hello. And Mark Willis. Howdy. And so today we wanted to kind of start off a new series for you all, our listeners, where uh, one of our you know main focus and goals in having this podcast was to be able to bring uh, complicated financial topics and I guess you know kind of financial jargon um, to you guys and kind of dispel you know some of the misinformation about it and also kind of dive deeper and, and bring it to you in a way that's simple um, and easy to understand. Uh, so we wanted to you know be able to provide that value for you. So. So we're going to be kicking off kind of a, a short little mini series of sorts uh, for you guys here in the next couple episodes. We're going to be talking about a couple different financial t- topics. And so we're going to kind of be calling it our financial toolbox. Um, so if you want, you can always follow along uh, with our episode list. You know, look for any that are labeled toolbox, and that will be uh, conversations and topics, you know, kind of revolving around uh, financial jargon in a way. Um, And so the one that we wanted to be sharing with you here today is opportunity cost. Um, And so we want to kind of dive into, you know, what is opportunity cost and why does it matter? You know, why should we care? So opportunity cost is something that you may hear um, and people kind of make to seem like a big deal. So we kind of want to, you know, bring it down for you guys a little bit. A little bit from Merriam-Webster. And then I'll pass the baton back over. Merriam-Webster says, opportunity cost refers to the value foregone. Wow, that's an old school word. (laughs) Opportunity cost refers to the value foregone in order to make one particular investment instead of another. All right, so break that down for us, Holly. Yes, so what in the world does that even mean? Um, Yes, and so essentially, opportunity cost explains this dynamic of how the sticker price of what we might pay to purchase something isn't actually the real price. It's not the real price you pay. So maybe that's even more confusing. <laughs> you know, you, you go to the store, you see a sticker price that's, you know, $12. How am I not just paying $12? How can I possibly pay more than that? And it just has to do with this dynamic that by choosing to make that particular purchase for that item that is $12, you're eliminating all other possibilities of what that money could be spent on. So by making that purchase, you can no longer use that money for to purchase a different item or even invest it um, or put it into something else. So that when those dollars are spent, you're foregoing, uh, to use that word again, all other opportunities of what those dollars could have done for you. And so that is the cost you can actually kind of calculate and look at and op- the term opportunity cost is referring to. So really, uh, we wanted to provide you guys with a couple different examples to help you see, you know, how opportunity cost works and, and what, um, I guess, you know, what opportunity cost 
costs in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, certainly opportunity costs will depend on a number of different factors, um, your age being you know, one of the most significant, and then also you know, the return that your money would maybe otherwise be getting if you didn't purchase said item. Um, but there are some you know, rough estimates that we can use to get pretty close. So the younger you are, the greater your opportunity cost will always be. Uh, The more expensive your purchases are, the greater the opportunity cost will be, and so on and so forth. So what you're saying is, I'm thinking back to when I was maybe six years old and the ice ice cream truck would come rolling through. You're saying he was like robbing me of tens of thousands of dollars from my popsicles and, and, uh, you know, sugar-coated treats that he would sell us. Oh, yeah. You have no idea what the ice cream man took from you. I will hunt you You down. You might have thought he was giving you an ice cream chrome. You might have thought you were winning, but... But now you can't retire. I will find him, and I will politely ask him for all my money back. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you going to do to him, Mark? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just kind of wanted to give you an idea of the huge impact that opportunity cost can have. Again, this is a term you'll hear thrown around by people and they'll be saying opportunity cost. Oh yeah. Have you thought about opportunity cost though? And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. And then you're like, wait, I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just kind of want to give you some real, real examples uh, so you know what they're referring to. Um, and so I wanted to use a relatively relatable example. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about a $5 Starbucks coffee. Okay. So we want to be looking at, you know, what is the opportunity cost of a $5 cup of coffee from Starbucks? or Dunkin', you know, whatever your preference is. Um, And so really what we're going to be looking at to calculate opportunity cost is what could that $5 have grown to or done for us if we hadn't bought that coffee? Okay, so we're going to be looking at a couple different examples. We'll be looking at a couple different age brackets so that, you know, wherever you're at, you'll be able to get a good idea. So we're going to start off uh, with age 50. So if you're 50 years old, um, then then $1 that you invested a day would grow to $3 by the time you retire. Okay. So, so by age 60, 65. So first off that, you know, that's, that's an awesome, that's a specific number and it's awesome to see it grow, but you know, let that sink in. That's a 300% rate of return. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and, and the actual return that we're assuming for all of these examples is a 7% okay. annual return. Okay. So if you were to earn a 7% return on your $1, you're 50, year old, 50 years old, you invest $1, grows at a 7% return, it would have grown to $3 by around age 60, 65. Okay. So now to bring it back to our Starbucks example, if you were to buy that $5 Starbucks, then like we talked about before, the sticker price isn't the real price. So that Starbucks coffee didn't just cost you $5, it actually cost you $15 because that's what that same $5 could have grown to and ultimately contributed to your retirement if you had foregone (laughs) your $5 coffee, okay? Um, so then for a 30 year old, uh, it gets a little worse. That same dollar would have grown to $11 using that same 7% growth rate. So now our $5 co- coffee, uh, just cost us $55. Ouch. All right. If you're 20, your $1 would grow to $21. <laughs> so now our $5 coffee just cost us $105. Oh, three digits. Okay, so if you're 20 years old, you're in college, and you're buying that coffee every day, think about that. That's $100 a day. Well, and they're buying it at night, too. Yeah, yeah. Three or four times a day Mm -hmm. because they've got finals. Hey, no, I I was okay because I went 
I just bought everything, at, or I got it all for free at the cafeteria. You got meal it plan, all for right? free because oh, I was free, paying right? for it. Free. Yeah, <laughs> not not exactly. You paid for that in admissions, but uh, hey, it's better than going and getting it somewhere else in addition because right. it was a sunk cost. Yeah. Ooh, maybe yeah. we'll we'll cover that one in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so for twenty year old, you know that five dollar coffee costs you one hundred and five. If you're fifteen, um, one dollar would grow to twenty nine dollars. So now our Starbucks just cost us $145. So you can see the story only gets worse and worse <laughs> and more disparaging <laughs> as you get younger. So opportunity cost um, actually, honestly, in a way, impacts you the most when you're youngest and probably least aware of it, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge problem, mm-hmm. um, I think, again, in, in our normal financial education system that we have here mm-hmm. in the States. Um, and so... You know, we thought that, you know, you'll, you'll hear and you'll talk about how Starbucks coffee is expensive anyways. Yeah, it's um, six bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. But then you take opportunity costs into account and it just becomes that much more, <laughs> that much more expensive. Plus time value of money, plus inflation. I mean, mm-hmm. look how much more would that be? We haven't run those numbers. Yeah. But that yeah. would be magnifying these numbers quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so maybe you're still thinking, though, you're not you're not fully convinced. You know, these numbers still sound pretty small to you. Um, so now I want to provide kind of another example um, in, you know, even beyond just the five dollar Starbucks coffee. So the uh, greater the purchase, like we mentioned, the more expensive the purchase, the greater the opportunity cost. So now let's look at that new smartphone that you want to buy. Okay, so the new iPhone 8 uh, just just came out um, (laughs) this last fall. Okay, so again, using a a relevant example. And it has a sticker price um, around about 800 bucks. Okay, so we're just going to use 800 just for easy math. Stop. Uh, So (laughs) sticker price is 800. But what is the opportunity cost. Mm-mm. So now let's look at, you know, kind of our numbers again. So now let's say that you're 25, okay, and you decide to buy that new iPhone 8. Again, that I, that phone didn't just cost you $800. It actually cost you an incredible $12,000 <laughs> due to opportunity cost. No. So if you no. would have taken that $800 when you're 25 mm. and you had, you know, set it aside and saved it instead, it could have grown to $12,000 for you (sighs) by your retirement. And if you're 40, okay, so you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm not 25, but if you're 40, that new phone still would have cost you $4,000. So we're still talking astronomical numbers when it's just, you know, oh, it's just a little $800 iPhone. You know, it's not that Yeah, I kind of don't really care about my ice cream man now. I really want to go after like, you know, um, Apple and uh, Howard Schultz at Starbucks and everybody uh, that's just pulling money out of our pockets. It's mm-hmm. wild. Well, you're choosing to spend the money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're just providing the opportunity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one that yeah. is, you know, actually purchasing so, it. So uh, what you're saying is instead of buying my iPhones, I should go and invest in some swamp land in Florida and really get my returns going, right? Well, don't know that I would <laughs> I would make that recommendation per se, but um, All right. definitely you need to be thinking about you know what you're buying yeah. and why you're buying Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, so Holly, you've said it well. I think what we're learning is even paying cash is not the answer here. You know, it even paying cash has its drawbacks. And there are a lot of financial gurus on the radio uh, who shall uh, remain unnamed. Uh, that uh, say paying cash is better than going into debt. And I'd agree with you. Because mm-hmm. if you finance that Apple phone, if you finance that Starbucks 
card on a credit card, for example, Starbucks drink on a credit card, that's, that's just magnifying the problem. So paying cash at least mitigates that you're paying interest because uh, every dollar that you pay to a bank also could have grown if you had invested it instead, right? So at least paying cash gets rid of that problem of financing to a bank. But paying cash still has drawbacks. You know, let's just kind of think of some real life examples because let's face it, just being alive costs money. Paying for cars, let's say. Let's say you, you're going to pay $25,000 for a car. That might be too high for you. That might be too low for you. But let's just t- kind of take that as an average. And let's say that you're going to spend, you know, $25,000 per car over your lifetime. And let's say you have eight more cars to buy while you're still living and breathing. Uh, let's say that in addition to driving around, you probably also take a few vacations, hopefully, over your lifetime. And let's say each of those vacations, again, on average, would be $5,000. And let's say you took 12 vacations. That's it over your entire life. Still, you know, I think pretty conservative here. But if you add those, just the raw dollars up, that's $260,000 that you'll spend on just cars and vacations in your life. And that would mean you'd need to be saving for that, right? So you're throwing $361 a month, $361 a month into just a raw, no interest savings account. And then as you pay cash, you're losing that interest that you were earning, what little interest you were earning on your savings account. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if that if that money, let's say that it was doing a nice healthy 5%, by the way, if you know a savings account that can earn 5%, call us right away because I can't find any. But if you were throwing 361 a month into a savings account earning 5% over 60 years, that $260,000 actually that you put in there would have grown to $1.5 million. That's a lot of money. Just for your cars and vacations, right? So if we didn't pay cash, if we finance the car instead, vacations, smartphones with those low monthly payment plans that they offer, would you do any better? All right, financing would mean a lifetime of payments where you're out of control and the banks are going to demand those payments every month. And let's say the total cost was 10%. That actually would increase your total just dollar amount out of your pocket uh, to pay for those cars and vacations. $365,000. $365,000. That's 165 grand more dollars than just paying cash that we'd have had to pay in interest that would have just lined a banker's pocket, right? Instead of investing that money, now we're throwing it to the wind. What would the extra $165,000 have grown to over your over the years? All right, so paying cash is not the answer, financing is not the answer. You know, what is the answer? Holly Yeah. And I mean, really, uh, opportunity cost is a reality that we all have to live with. Okay. So we, we, you know, need to make purchases like, like Mark, you mentioned, we have to buy things to live. And so we're not saying that we shouldn't buy things. It's just that we need to be aware of opportunity cost when making those decisions and taking it into account, whether, uh, when we're identifying, is this really a need or is it maybe more of a want? Uh, so we absolutely have to be aware of opportunity costs when we're making those financial decisions, especially if we're wanting to make the best one you know, for us and our family. And opportunity cost might not always be obvious, and it might not always be cash-related. So you know, if you buy a cheap widget that keeps breaking, you have to keep buying that widget over point. and over and over and over. And that's expensive. It's additive. Sometimes you buy something for convenience that's disposable when there's an option to buy something higher quality that's longer lasting. So a good example of household item is paper towels. You know, maybe a set of washable microfiber cloths 
would save you quite a bit in paper towels. Um, you know, this extends beyond the dollar in the sense of health. You know, we look at gym membership and groceries. Those can be very expensive costs. You know, if you're buying organic food and you're doing all the personal training sessions and all of these things, I mean, is that uh, in the long run, is, is that cost more to do those things than paying medical bills? I mean, if I'm running the numbers, one medical event can tank you pretty quick. Um, sure. Yeah. But if you're if you're taking care of your health and you're avoiding those deep medical costs uh, and the frequency of those medical bills, then you actually come out ahead even when you're spending more initially. This comes down to your daily habits. For example, cooking more and eating out less. There's one awesome place where the money piece and the health piece collide. You know, if you're cooking in your kitchen, you're getting the health benefit. You're getting family and friend uh, dynamics going, and you're not spending as much cash because it's by far cheaper. Even I mean, you can cook a feast. You could have dinner parties every night of the week, and you're still going to come out ahead of eating out. <laughs> and then my favorite one, back to Starbucks or, you know, your fair trade local coffee shop, tip of the hat to Overflow, South Loop. Um, <laughs> they, you know, you want to buy a cup of coffee every day, are you going to do it with those disposable mugs uh, or those disposable cups that, that they hand you? Or are you going to splurge and buy that fancy, beautiful glass, you know, mug or that the perfect coffee vessel? I mean, why the heck not? You could spend a hundred bucks on a beautiful coffee vessel instead of walking into a coffee shop and just brew your stuff at home. And you're still going to come out ahead at the end of the day on your balance sheet. Um, and you're probably healthier for it. You know, you don't have the commute. You don't have the stress from it. So the final, the final one that I want to mention on opportunity cost extending beyond the dollar is before a purchase, sleep on it. You know, think about how much energy you may be leaking as you buy stuff you don't need and you need to return it. And then you've made an emotional purchase. And there's this whole cascade of effect that happens when you just buy emotionally. So, you know, sleep on it, see how it feels and see the the energy increase and the, the longevity and the good feelings arise from it, um, which is challenging, but that's all opportunity cost because you're giving up non-cash, uh, what do you call it? Non-cash goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I recommend thinking about giving yourself a little splurge here and there because it may actually save you money long-term. Yeah. So it's not about not buying things. It's just about being mindful right. of what you're buying. Exactly. Yeah, I'd say, you know, financing, paying cash, we're not we're not saying don't go out and buy things. We're just trying to figure out what is the right way to do it? How do we overcome the problem? You know, I think the answer is just don't buy stuff you don't need. Right? <laughs> There's that uh, mm-hmm. that SNL clip with Steve Martin where where they're advertising a brand new book that's come out that's a whole one page long. And the the whole book is basically just, hey, don't buy stuff you don't need. Uh, so check <laughs> that out. Greatest financial advice out there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you could overcome so much. There's a guy, you see Northcote Parkinson, who died several years ago. Uh, he was a British essayist, a lecturer, an economist who left us with some pretty valuable writings. Uh, one of the things he says is that work expands to meet the time envelope allowed. Man, I've, I've lived that rule. Every uh, student paper that I had to submit to my teachers, I'd wait until the night before whether it was a two-week-long deadline or a two-month-long deadline. Mm, Human nature. Yeah. Uh, Another rule, he says, is a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. Hello, iPhone. How true is that one? Mm. Absolutely. And expenses rise to equal income. So when you get a pay raise, watch your 
new definition of necessities raised right along with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's the biggest problem of opportunity cost, in my opinion. It's not how do we buy things right or wrong, which there are some better ways to do it, which we're going to get into as we wrap up here today. But it's the main problem of we just, we see it, we want it, we want it now, uh, and there's no getting around it. We, we will do whatever it takes. We'll go into debt. We'll mortgage the house just to go get that new marshmallow that just came out, right? So uh, everybody needs a brand new way to, to think about money. Um, so in all of our efforts at establishing priorities, let's begin with a thorough consideration of the truth of what Parkinson brought to the table there. Yep. And so when you think about everything that we've described here with opportunity cost today, um, what if you know, there was a way, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that the ultimate you know, financial perhaps you know, tool or strategy out there uh, would be a way to eliminate opportunity cost. I mean, based on what we described, wouldn't that be so powerful if we could just do away with opportunity cost? So you could have your $5, you know, Starbucks and you could also have the, you know, $55 or the $105 that it would grow to. Mm, wow. Wouldn't that yeah. be so powerful? That would be awesome. That'd be incredible um, if we could find a way to overcome opportunity cost. And there actually is a little bit of a way that you can. Um, and so it's actually through the bank on yourself strategy that we have been discussing um, over our, the course of our last, you know, our first couple episodes and everything, where you can actually have your money doing two things at the same time. So you can have your money growing inside a you know, whole life insurance policy like we've described that's guaranteed and safe and liquid. Uh, but then you can also tap into it and use it to make some of those purchases, um, like the cars and the vacations, Mark, that you described. And so bank on yourself is a strategy uh, that we can use to help our clients overcome opportunity costs. And that's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible when you think about the examples that we listed. And how does that happen? Well, we're going to get into that in in future episodes. But the key phrase is the money is uh, using a it's using a non-direct recognition life insurance policy loan, which is a mouthful. But basically, it's using your cash that you've saved that's growing and earning interest and dividends for you as collateral for cash that you might need to buy uh, your car with or or, uh, send your kid to college with. I mean, uh, we total up the value of cars, but what about the cost of college or the cost of your house or the cost of, uh, you know, every vacation you'll ever go on? You add that up, that's millions of dollars that you'll earn over your lifetime. And if we're not careful, we'll spend it all in our lifetime. And to have nothing to show for it at age 65 or 70 is a shame. So what if, like Holly said, you could let your money do two things at once? That's the best possible outcome. If we're going to buy that car anyway, if we're going to go on that vacation anyway, uh, paying cash ain't the answer. Certainly not financing with a bank. What if you could be your own source of financing and let that money continue to compound uninterrupted growth, which is our next episode, uh, and continue to use that money at the exact same time? So that's where we're going to leave it at this time. That's what we've seen our clients doing. Uh, that's what we our, ourselves do with our own cash and capital. Uh, but that is the strategy or that's the uh, way to overcome this initial problem of opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah. So, the, you know, we'll definitely have later episodes where we'll dive into on a deeper level and a more granular level um, how that concept works and how your money can keep growing even when it's not even there. Um, but really, you know, the big takeaway just from this episode really is, you know, what is opportunity cost? 
How does it affect you? You know, what is that cost over your lifetime? If it's a $5 Starbucks, might be a little bit less. If it's an $800 iPhone, might be a little bit more. And if it's a car, it's, you know, even far more um, over your lifetime. So opportunity cost is huge. It impacts you every day of your life, every time you buy something, and uh, that there's a way for us to overcome it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.